Welcome to Health Beat. My name is Brian Hazelgren, and this is your Healthy Habits Zone. This is a show about healthy living and overall well-being. We love to discuss topics that are beneficial to your health and wellness. We always talk about things that can help you achieve optimal wellness and even optimal fitness or well-being. And we love to discuss tips and trends that help you find true balance in your life. Think of this show more of a source for your for finding your optimal health, wealth, and balance. Now, this podcast is sponsored by Rx to Live, your prescription for life. As always, we want to thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Net- Network Radio for the production and the distribution of this podcast. Um, recently, I read an article about bad habits that drain your brain. <laughs> Caught my attention as a um, uh, former football player who's had cognitive um, issues, at least from the standpoint of migraines from many years ago. And, you know, I didn't want to have any uh, problems later on. I actually took one of our DNA tests to see how my brain is actually doing and if I carry any of the certain genes that can cause. Uh, problems or potentially cause problems later on in my life. Um, glad to report that our DNA test shows that I don't carry that gene, um, which is good. But I have many friends who uh, played like, that I played football with over the years, and um, they they are having serious challenges today. So when I saw this article about bad habits that drain your brain, you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be banging your head against someone else's head as a former football player or uh, any of the other contact sports from boxing to um, MMA to even soccer. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I won't get into all of the different sports and naming them off. I think the important thing here is this article caught my attention because we live in an era today where we are, it feels like to me that we're getting rewired in our brains and it's really to the detriment of our brains. So uh, in this article, it pointed out that many experts were literally saying that our lifestyle is being chipped away at least on our neural pathways because the things that we're experiencing on a day-to-day basis are making us slower. They're making us more dense and even less capable of original thoughts. Okay, that's a bit of a challenge. Um, this hyperconnectivity that we're living in in this world is, and I agree with what this article said, it's increasingly taking a toll on our brains. And in the end, it's making us less productive and I think ineffective. Now, you've heard the uh, phrase that it feels like, or maybe you've even said this yourself, we've all heard the phrase that it feels like you're you're brain dead at the end of the day. Well, that's your brain telling you that it's tired and it needs a break. Too much stimulation of the brain is also like too much exercise. At some point, (laughs) you're doing more harm than good. So sometimes you just need to give your brain a, a break. But these, these things that were pointed out in this article I thought were interesting, not just giving your brain a break, but when it comes to your health, we don't always think about nurturing our brains the way we nur- uh, nourish or nurture our bodies. But 
to be the most productive that we could actually figure out how we how how to be the most productive we need to be doing of more of the things that actually improve our brain health and less of the things that cause decline in our cognitive functions or within our brain so i thought Maybe we could chat just for a few minutes here today about adjusting some of our daily habits and avoiding some of these common modern habits, because I promise you, I believe your brain, your mind will thank you. So the first one up on the list was inactivity can drain your brain. Okay, think about that one for just a minute here. Physical inactivity also has a price tag. Now, we know that that's linked to chronic health problems like heart disease and obesity, depression, dementia, even cancer. We all know that. So that's nothing new. But many people are busy in what they do in their day-to-day life. And they're, they need to, we all need to make time to take active measures. Or in other words, be involved with basic movement activities that can slow down the decline in our brain. What does that mean? Walking, cycling, stretching, uh, just getting up and getting, go outside and get a breath of fresh air, walk around. <clears throat> the, ch- the challenge that we're all finding um, is that we're, we're becoming sedentary. And it, when we do that, there was a study that was pointed out in this article <clears throat> from the Journal of Comparative Neurology that suggests that there's a strong link between inactivity and mental decline. I thought that was really fascinating. They also pointed out in the article that regular physical activity can benefit your brain. Now, I've, we all know that when we go work out, when we have a walk, when we go out and breathe fresh air, we do a nice workout and get the, get the, the whole system, uh, the blood flow going throughout our entire system, get the brain working. The increased chemicals in your brain that actually promote better memory and learning happen when you're active, when you're physically active. Now, we all know this, but are we doing it? So we know that exercise or lack of exercise is a problem in the modern world. But what we need to figure out is how do we find that knowledge of the benefits that exercise provides us. I know every time I work out, uh, I feel so much better. My brain feels better. I can think clear. The brain fog seems to dissipate. Maybe those are old football injuries. Who knows? But I guess the point is when we have an opportunity to uh, physically be active, take that opportunity, get the neurons flowing, get the blood flowing throughout the whole system. It'll be very helpful for you. So the first one is inactivity that can drain your brain. The second one in the article that they pointed out was sitting for too long is actually hurting you. So we all know that just sitting all day long is one of the worst things you can be doing for your health. And there was a study that was uh, shown in this article, a little highlight from a study actually from UCLA, that reported that people who are sedentary have thinning in their brain regions that are linked directly to memory. So if you're sedentary and if you're literally 
thinning the brain regions that are linked to memory, according to this study from UCLA. Let me just, let me just read what it says here. The study points out that sitting isn't just a physical health risk. It's a neuro- neurological risk as well. And the authors in this particular paper, let me find it here. Here it is. Actually said that it is possible, I quote, it is possible that sedentary behavior is more significant as a predictor of brain structure, comma. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not dictating into my phone. <laughs> anyway, they pointed out that specifically in the medial temporal lobe, that when there's thickness, that physical activity, even at higher levels, is not sufficient enough to offset the harmful effects of sitting for extended periods of time. So take note, we need to do more things and get up off our hind end and go out and get some exercise. So what can you do about that? Now, you obviously know what to do. Like we've, we know that we should get up and do some moderate walking, even standing. Um, just for 10 minutes uh, at a time, standing up in meetings, standing up at your desk, offers you a better opportunity to have better health and wellness, getting the blood flowing again. Now, I have a, uh, it's one of those pop-up desks, um, it, you know, like a Vera desk or something similar. And those desks are awesome because they raise up and down and you can stand up and you, if you stand up just for a few minutes, um, for, for me, if I, you know, if I'm on a webinar or I'm talking to someone on the phone or doing a, uh, some t- writing up some type of a t- document or writing in one of the books, it's always good to just be able to stand up and use that desk. I love working with it, especially if you can't get outside right away. So use something like that as, as a, a means to help you to stand up and not be sitting so long because as number two points out, sitting for too long is hurting you. All right. The next area is that um, we have to talk about this because we, we all have too much screen time in our lives. We have a laptop or a desktop. Let's just say we have computers, we have TVs, we have phones, we have tablets, we have video games. All that stuff constitutes screen time. And there was a licensed psychotherapist who's an expert in the field of mental health and parenting in this digital age. He pointed out, his name is uh, Tom Kirsting. He pointed out in this article, if the majority of our waking hours entails looking at a screen, then we know it is way too much. A face-to-face conversation is much more beneficial for your brain. And it also, uh, he pointed out uh, as well in this article that if you just have 10 minutes a day of conversation with other people or another person, it literally will improve your memory and your uh, cognitive function. That's kind of a cool way to look at it. So in other words, all of you uh, 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 introverts out there, <laughs> let's, uh, let's figure out how we can become extroverts for about 10 minutes a day and have a conversation with someone because it actually helps your brain because of all the screen time that we have. And we all know that we're, every one of us are guilty of having too much screen time every day from the, again, from the phones and the tablets and the laptops, the TVs, 
Um, the video games, it's just too much, and our brains are give, getting overloaded. In uh, a study from the University of Michigan, I want to read this quote as well. Quote, in our study, socializing was just as effective as more traditional kinds of mental exercise in boosting memory and intellectual performance. End of quote. That, that, was, that was a quote given by Oscar Ibarra. He's a psychologist at the University of Michigan Institute for Social Research. Went on to say that the lack of true personal interaction limits the brain's opportunities to make better connections. I totally agree with that. So sometimes we just need to get out of our comfort, comfort zone and go have a conversation with someone. Because if we're not, if we stay in that area, that also can lead to loneliness and depression. And I know that my eyes and my brain are tired by the end of the day because I too have too much screen time So uh, during the day. So, I mean, looking at screens hurts your eyes, hurts your head, uh, can hurt your shoulders and your back and your, your what else? Your wrists, even your forearms. And studies have been linked that show very clearly if you have too much screen time before bed, it actually harms your good night's sleep. Excessive screen time has a negative effect also on intellectual abilities, as this article points out, um, and emotional well-being. Okay, so again, remember that we want to set some clear boundaries here and start avoiding developing unhealthy habits. That's what this radio show is all about. That's what this podcast is about. That's also what several of my books are about. So if you've ever read my book, Healthy Habits of Highly Productive Employees, the goal is to remain healthy. Those healthy habits, one of those goals that we have for each of us is to reduce our um, screen time. Now, we can't get rid of it totally. I get that, but let's start reducing it, I guess is the point. So if you're going to use a device that has a screen, just be mindful to cut down on the time and go read a book. Go take a walk without looking at your screen. Um, so give your, give your eyes and your brain and your shoulders and neck a rest. <clears throat> okay, now, next area that, that uh, this particular article pointed out was multitasking. Um, multi, I, I do, I, I'm guilty of this. I, I do a lot of multitasking. Even when I'm doing a webinar and someone else is talking, I actually pop open the email um, sometimes and, and start reading an email even while we're engaged in another conversation. I mean, come on, Brian, <laughs> take your own advice. It's <laughs> the first thing we got to point out here. But <clears throat> if you think about our laptops, our tablets, our smartphones, They've almost become like what, what we still have today, but uh, was very popular a long, a long time ago as well. That's a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> I mean, we use them all the time for multiple things. Um, even while we're making a phone call, we might be texting someone else as we're talking on the phone. We might even be looking up some other information as we're typing and texting. And sometimes... I mean, think about all the different things as you compare the smartphone to a Swiss Army knife. Um, I've even watched people who are completely oblivious to everything around them, including walking across the street and trying to catch up with the latest uh, social media post. Uh, 
Um, I think the point is here that we need to, when we, when we text and we talk on the phone, or we look something up on the internet or respond, respond to some social media post, we're doing that all during the same conversation. You're, you're likely feeling like you're multitasking, but according to this article, that's actually hurting you. It's hurting me. It turns out that it's another bad habit that literally can rewire the brain and make you less effective. Yes, I said less effective. So now look, we're, we are becoming less effective by multitasking. So <laughs> we probably ought to rethink that. Noodle on that for just a minute, whether you agree or disagree, but multitasking is not a good thing. And it's actually making us less effective. Uh, there was, uh, I'm going to find this quote here in the article. Uh, Earl Miller is a neuroscientist at MIT. He said uh, that our brains are not wired to multitask very well. When people think they're multitasking, according to Earl Miller, they're actually just switching from one task to another very rapidly. And every time they do, there's a cognitive cost in doing so. So what he pointed out later on in the article is that multitasking is actually increasing the stress hormone that we, we all know and love, not, <laughs> and that's the, the hormone cortisol. Uh, previously I did a whole segment, a whole show about cortisol and how it's uh, hurting us and, and really affecting us in a negative way. So, he, he, he is pointing out that this fight or flight hormone adre adrenaline issue can be completely overstimulated in your brain and cause mental fog or brain fog or scrambled thinking just by, because you're multitasking too much and too rapidly and too often. So cut back on that. All right. Uh, the fifth thing that was pointed out in the article was that information overload leads to unnecessary stimulation or overstimulation of the brain. And the volume of emails and social updates and text messages and phone calls and screen time like we just talked about, notifications that we re just received uh, something, some new post on one of the social media platforms that we absolutely need to see or that we just got now, if one pops up on your phone, you just got a deposit. That's kind of a cool notification to get, but the, the point I'm trying to make here is that when we get too much information, at least in this article, it says that information overload is one of the biggest irritations in modern life. <laughs> I love that. I love that statement. Now, some people will boast about how many things they can juggle in a day. Okay. Well, the, the, the experts, the psychologists are, have been doing a lot of studies about this. And one of those studies also pointed out that being in a situation when you're trying to concentrate on a task and an email is sitting in your inbox and it's unread can actually start to reduce your effective IQ. Okay, that's something we need to take note of. And it may not be instantaneously, but it will definitely be over time. So the whole point to this part of the discussion is information overload needs to kind of be controlled because it leads to unnecessary overstimulation of the brain. 
back down a little bit. Again, do something different. Do something old school. Don't look at your phone to text. Don't look up the latest article or the latest post on social media. Take a break. Read a book. <laughs> Take a walk. Talk to somebody. Again, some uh, good good information here. Uh, the the la uh, second to last thing that was pointed out in this article is that it's really um, interesting how uh, sleeping poorly really upsets your brain. Now, um, I'm not the I'm I, I'm guilty of this. Okay. I don't get enough sleep at nights. <clears throat> Sometimes I can't sleep because my brain doesn't shut down. Uh, and then it wakes me up early and I may get four or five hours of sleep. That's not enough. It's not good. We all know that we've heard so many times in our life that in improving our sleeping habits is an very, not only a very important area for our entire body, but it's certainly important for our brains and that getting seven to eight hours every night of good quality sleep is literally essentially, excuse me, essential um, for stimulating our bodies and our minds. We all know that, but are we doing it? And it's a huge problem, especially for many busy professionals. Sleep depri deprivation can have pretty serious short-term and long-term long consequences, uh, according to this article. And they pointed out some research that um, people who are sleep-deprived can actually experience a delay in reaction times. It increases glucose levels. It harms your mood. It creates headaches when you're deprived of sleep. It even impairs your memory and some of your hormonal balances. So if this recent um, article and this research is showing that we're, if we're not getting enough sleep, that it can also cause not all those, you know, drains on your brain and those functions that I just pointed out. It also makes you, you uh, gain weight. So if you're feeling like you're not getting enough uh, accomplished in losing the weight that you want to achieve, not getting enough sleep can help you gain weight, according to several studies that are pointed out in this article. So sleep is very essential for your brain. Because when you deprive your brain of that healthy, deep sleep, I think we've all noticed this in our own lives that it will, when it comes to processing information, makes it pretty difficult. But getting enough sleep can help clear out some of those toxins that are in your brain, even some of the plaque that builds up. So if, if lack of sleep is slowing down your thinking, if it's impairing your memory, if it clogs up your concentration, even your better judgment, um, what's it doing also to your decision-making? Because all of those things added up means that it's slowing down your learning. So if you're not getting enough sleep, and maybe I'm preaching this more to myself than everybody else listening in today, but... If you're concerned about the health of your brain, start with getting quality sleep the night before. Learn to take better care of your brain. And I think a simple change of your lifestyle could probably help you with that. Turn off the TV 
much sooner at night, even an hour before you go to bed. Turn off the phone. Turn off the laptop. Turn off things and let your brain start to shut down and, and be ready for some deep sleep. Some simple changes like that. Now, let me just tell you a few things that have helped me in my life to help me get a better sleep. I don't believe in taking drugs to help me sleep better, so I take natural remedies like melatonin and vitamin D and magnesium, even a CBD tincture oil uh, under, under my tongue, and GABA. Those are, the, those are really, you know, they're natural sub, supplements. They help me get a deeper sleep. So try them out. They work great for me. I mean, I, I love it. Um, so let me just go over those things again. Melatonin, vitamin D, magnesium, CBD tincture, and GABA. I don't always get all of those every night, but I don't have to take drugs to help me fall asleep. Those natural remedies actually help me. And not only fall asleep, but stay asleep. And I've now been doing that for uh, several years, and it's really helped, helped me get the uh, – the, the sleep that I need helped me kind of recharge the brain and the rest of the, the whole system for better well-being for, for myself. Um, and then I also want to point out magnesium has also been terrifically, wonderfully well received by my body and my brain because I suffered so many years with, uh, uh, you know, migraine headaches from football. And I learned some of these techniques early on that also might help you sleep a little bit better. And that's sitting before you go to bed, uh, doing a little meditation, thinking about the day. And while you're thinking about it, actually take some time to breathe deep and take deep breaths and hold the, hold your breath for a few seconds. So again, there's another show on breathing techniques that you can look up as well. But those are some things that, uh, that I've always used to help me calm down, get sleep, um, excuse me, start to feel sleepy. Let the brain start to rest a little bit from the day's activities. So this has been a, you know, it's a topic that's near and dear to, to me. Um, I also had a severe, uh, severely smashed in nose from, also from football many years ago. So I have a deviated septum that I eventually will get repaired. I don't have it repaired yet, <laughs> but the point is, uh, in the meantime, if uh, if I can help my brain sort of settle down to help me sleep better, because I, I know that uh, sleep deprivation for me personally, it, it's just, it makes it tough to function the next day. So here to talk to you about and tell you about and kind of uh, sound out with a megaphone of ways to get rid of some of these bad habits that we have because they're draining our brains. And we need productive, healthy brains to, to get through the day each day. So take heart to some of these uh, ideas. Love to hear your responses back. Drop me a note. You can always uh, view my website, my personal website at brianhazelgren.com. You can also take a look at any of my books. Uh, the latest one, uh, well, I won't talk about the latest one, but there's several that are out there. And one of those is Healthy Habits of Highly Productive Employees. That's a great little uh, uh, book that's also on Amazon. Um, we also have uh, a way to, you know, if you look, if you look back at some of the other uh, old up, or excuse me, the old shows that we've, we've done in the past, take a listen to them because this health beat program is literally designed for you and helping you achieve optimal wellness or well-being in your own life. 
So I want to thank you again for tuning into HealthBeat. And I also want to thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Network Radio for the production and the distribution of this podcast. Certainly want to thank rx to live uh, for sponsoring the program. For now, this is Brian Hazelgren. I'm going to sign off. There's more to come. There's more hopefully good tips that you like, uh, innovative ideas, and even some amazing guests coming up and healthy services and products to help you find your optimal health, wellness, and balance. Thank you again for tuning in. Make it a great day.